SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Happy Wednesday. Fantasy sports today on SportsGrid, getting you ready for the big football games on, well, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, maybe. We'll see. It's kind of the nature of the beast here in 2020, no doubt about that. But I am Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia. We'll break it all down for you. It's a waiver wire Wednesday, as hopefully those of you who are in fantasy football contention for a title are joining us. We'll have Dr. Chow a little bit later on to weigh in on injuries. But unfortunately, Joe, uh, another uh, COVID situation uh, leads our show off this week as the San Francisco 49ers have shut down their facility which means, of course, their game tomorrow night uh, has got to be in a little bit of jeopardy, I would think. The Packers have had their issues as well. The good news is, is college football is back tonight, but for the NFL, they have to wait a little bit. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but this is kind of what we're used to, right? We're not surprised. We're used to it. We roll with the punches here on the show, and that's what we've had to do in fantasy all year long. Whether it be baseball, football, we have to roll with the punches and be ready We'll see if and when this game happens. Now, obviously, if they have trouble with this game, it's not like they're going to take another game and replace it. There would be no Thursday night football, which would be odd. There's going to be an odd thing. For it sure. would be great. <laughs> I know <laughs> for you, for you'd love it. It'd I know. Be great. I don't need it. I know. I know. Yeah, but I, at the same I, time, it's it's. I think for the Packers right now in their current situation with no running backs, I think as a part of them was kind of keeping their fingers crossed that maybe just maybe they do get a reschedule on this game because. You'd want to get these guys more reps on the short week with no running backs. This was going to be a tough haul for the Green Bay Packers coming off a loss, no doubt. So we'll see how this all shakes out in the next, I guess, hours ahead, Craig. Yeah, I, I think the 49ers would take this in a heartbeat to not have to True. play this game Both tomorrow of them. night. Too. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I think better off just throw this thing on Sunday night or Monday night and, and we'll mm-hmm. do better for it. But let's get to our headlines here. And, uh, and of course... There's no doubt at this point that that game uh, has got to be in jeopardy for Thursday. Beyond that, good news in terms of some of the election results in Louisiana, Maryland, South Dakota, sports betting going to be legal there. So get ready, all of you who are listening in those markets. You'll be wanting to tune in more to SportsGrid, no doubt about that. Uh, New quarterback for the Cowboys could be upcoming. Don't know who yet, but Ben DiNucci, the era of DiNucci could be over. And it looks like Gilbert or Rush will be the quarterbacks. I'm sure that those of you who don't have a clue who those are, you're in luck. We're going to talk about them here on today's show. As we mentioned, the 49ers shut down their facility due to COVID. ESPN is reporting one of the wide receivers of the 49ers tested positive. So certainly we'll have to talk about that a little bit later in the show. Uh, Miles Gaskin for the Miami Dolphins uh, had a, a knee issue and is going to be out for three weeks. And we only found this out when they made a trade yesterday for DeAndre Washington, who, of course, is a non-factor and has been for years, but just shows the depth of what you need in the NFL. And so potentially maybe Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, somebody else getting an opportunity this week. And the Gold Glove Award winners announced last night. Not a lot of you probably were watching that due to all of the election results, but we can go through that as well. No huge surprises there. Some new names, though, to talk about. So, uh, Joe, look, I, I think that this this season just in general has been very difficult to wade through. You're just trying to do the very best you can, trying to get ahead of these situations. But uh, even aside from COVID, I don't ever recall a season where there's been this many injuries where you you basically are just looking at your team wondering, do I have enough guys to play this week? And that's, yeah, that's the way the that first... I've looked at yeah. it. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't think there's ever been a season where we've had this much attrition in terms of injuries in the first three rounds. I mean, we're talking about all the players that people really focused on the most, the players people knew the most. And this was a kind of a stretch here in the depth of your knowledge. And this is why it's really important to understand the depth of each team. And and a lot of people in football, let's be honest, a lot of fantasy football people are casual football people. I think this was probably a very challenging year for them. But I think those of us, you know, the people who watch shows like this, this was probably what they live for, right? To go deep finally in their 12-person league into all these names that they never really had to start. And there's a challenge there. And I would just tell everybody, just have fun. You know, I understand it's hard when you have financial investments and things, but fantasy football is supposed to be fun. There's a lot of things in this world that aren't fun right now. But fantasy football is an escape. It's supposed to be fun. So take the challenge for whatever it's worth. And I got to tell you, not only is it good uh, election results last night for some of the wagering in some states, but also, I don't know if you know, in my home state, New Jersey... We got the mm-hmm. uh, the legal you-know-what, if I'm talking about, and that might make the holidays a whole lot easier for everybody, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 I, and, I, and that, that's a one uh, you know positive, for I think, for a lot of people. Here in Florida, we already have that here, so it's uh, n- not that much of an issue. Um, legalizing marijuana in New Jersey, Joe is alluding to. Uh, beyond that, <laughs> I, I think... I, I think that, for me in particular, the reason why it's been so challenging is because... I don't think that anybody, even though my full-time job is doing this show, my full-time job isn't also managing my fantasy football team. Like I, good point. I understand that that baseball is a 162 and it requires every day. I got to tell you, football has required just as much mm-hmm. this year. Yes. I am waking up on Tuesday and looking at it and going like, oh, like, okay, I lost Kittle. All right, so maybe I'll get Reed or the smelly guy. Okay, fine. That sounds good. Next day, COVID. <laughs> maybe smelly. he's out. Maybe it's smelly. Smelly, smelly. <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want to do this every How day. How many smelly you know? guys are you trying to add to your roster, Craig? I don't know what you're doing with these rosters here. What, what smelly dwelling. I'll take a step further. It's, I'll take it a step further. What's more frustrating is not what you wake up to Tuesday and then you said everything. It's after waivers run. And then after you think you've got a roster to play with, it's all the new stuff that comes out Thursday, Friday and who tested positive. And now you got to yeah. run around to the waivers a second time. A lot. That I think has been the it's challenge, the, the, the Uber challenge of things right now. <laughs> yeah. And then you get it and then you win in your league on Sunday and you're feeling real good. And then on Monday you find out Miles Gaskin is out. Like, where did that come from? And I'm here in South Florida. Nobody knew that. Going uh, nope. coming out of something. And why is Matt Breida so, not there today? I don't know. Nobody seems yeah. to know. What just happened well, there? They probably have to arrest this guy to make sure they got somebody to play on Sunday. That's a guess. All right. Uh, we're going to go through some odds here. Uh, we haven't done this in a while, so we're going to go through some odds to win the rushing title, receiving title, and passing title coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Make sure you stay tuned and stay on the grid. We're going to be right back in just two minutes. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. Dr. David Chow will be with us coming up in a little bit over an hour. Also, Benny Ricciardi talking some four-down football here. Fantasy football season rolls on amidst everything that's going on in the country. We continue to do it for you here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. I'm Craig Mish. He's Joe Pizzapia. Let's run through some odds today. Updated odds on FanDuel as we reach the midway point of the regular season in the NFL. 
We have gotten past the halfway point in the fantasy season, but on FanDuel, the door is always open for you guys to place a bet. So I want to take a look at a couple of the rushing title odds, the receiving title odds, and the pro uh, football passing title odds on FanDuel today. I want to start with rushing here, and then it gets more difficult, I think, uh, from this point forward. Uh, But Joe, Derrick Henry right now with 775 yards is the clear-cut favorite at minus 185 to win the 2020 title. Dalvin Cook at plus 460 is next. Now, of course, Cook has had uh, a bye, so there's certainly a chance that he could jump up a little bit more. Let's factor that into the conversation as well. Josh Jacobs is 13 to 1. Zeke Elliott is 20 to 1. And before you say, yuck, Zeke Elliott 20 to 1, I'm right there with you. He ain't going to win the title, but this has been a destitute season (laughs) from running backs in the NFL. Because trust me, beyond Zeke Elliott's 20 to 1, you don't want to have a piece of anybody else on this list. Trust me, you do not. You will no. not be betting anybody at 25 or 30 to 1. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, guys like that, forget it. It's over. Honestly, at this point, it's probably either Henry or Cook, Joe. And and look, Henry is in a class by himself as far as running backs are concerned, just rushing the football. That's very clear here. Alvin Kamara clearly catches the ball in the backfield. McCaffrey, when he's healthy, other guys do the same thing. But uh, you're not really getting any value here taking Derrick Henry at minus 25. So for me, it's either you take Cook or you just don't make the bet. Yeah, I would have to agree. It's exactly the way I was thinking about it, too. And and Cook has a more legitimate shot. And part of the reason the odds are so good on Cook right now is the injury history. That any moment, you know, another game missed or a game that he leaves in the and a half or even for three quarters of a game that he misses, that would really kill his chances, I think. And uh, it's funny because Derrick Henry is basically on pace now to lead the league in rushing back-to-back years. Now, that hasn't happened in a long time. Last guy to do that was Ladanine Tomlinson. And the last guy to do it before that was Edger and James. So only two guys have gone back-to-back leading the league in rushing over the last 20 years. And you would think, wow, we've had all these running backs that we've counted on. They were the top guys in fantasy over the last two decades. But it's really difficult to go back-to-back with this rushing title. And Derrick Henry certainly is on pace for it because of his usage, his role in the offense, the focal point, the amount of carries he gets. And it's very difficult because some of the other running backs, like Alvin Kamara, they don't have nearly as many rushing attempts to compete with this. You see guys up there who are in that top vein. It's some other guys that are going to be in timeshares, like Ronald Jones is now officially in that timeshare, at least, if not on the bad side of it. Uh, Kareem Hunt's going to lose carries in a couple weeks when Nick Chubb comes back. All those factors really make a big difference here and this being basically a two-man race and Clyde Edwards Alaire, you know, there's there's a school of thought out there that what's gonna happen in December and maybe after Thanksgiving even earlier is that okay now the gloves are gonna be off and he's just gonna run amok kind of like what you saw last year to Damian Williams. I don't know if I'm buying that quite yet. And if you believe in that and you want to take a huge dart throw, okay, but I think it's a two-person race. And I think it at this point, like Cook is actually a pretty good wager right now today, because if he has another good game on top of it, I'm sure those odds are going to slender quite a bit. Would you agree? Well, he, and also he's had the buy. So let's let's not miss miss the sight of that. He too. has had the buy, but the schedule is good too. Carolina, Jacksonville, Dallas, two games against Detroit, two games against the Bears. There's a lot going in his favor in terms of what he has ahead of him. He's not facing the Steelers defense, the Ravens defense, stuff like that. So I think there's opportunity here for Dalvin Cook, and certainly usage seems to be moving in that direction for him. 
Yeah, I, I can't see what he did last week continuing because if I'm any no. other team, I'm putting you know ten guys in the box and just saying, look, you got to beat us, cousins. It's the only way. But look, it, it may happen again down the line. He may get another 170 yards in, in some game. You, you just would be, you'd have to be a horrible defense to allow that to happen based on the rest of the offense of Minnesota. Okay, let's move on to receiving yards. This is one is definitely a little bit more wide open. DeAndre Hopkins right now with 704 yards is the leader on FanDuel at plus 300 to win the receiving title. Hopkins also, keep in mind, just had the bye this past week. So the leader at plus 300 and has an extra game. DK Metcalf plus 500. If he hadn't had that very, I would say, soft game two weeks ago, it could be almost even between Metcalf and Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Robbie Anderson, would you believe, is right there at plus 850, 688 total yards. He's plug and play every week, 80 to 100 yards. Stephon Diggs at plus 850, Calvin Ridley at plus 1100. And there are some other potential players that go beyond this 1100, but I do think we're dealing probably with this list right here. And I think, honestly, maybe the first two guys again, although let's not rule out the fact that if Anderson and Diggs are healthy, which is more of the story, it's not about who's great. It's about who's on the field in 2020. Mm -hmm. And Anderson and Diggs, knock on your wood, have been very healthy (laughs) all season long. So, uh, you know, and again, if guys were healthy, Joe, it'd be a different story here. If Thomas was healthy, if Godwin was healthy, right? Like they'd be on this list too. It's just they've fallen so far behind that they're going to need a 300-yard game to catch up. I don't see that happening in the future. So I can make a case for Hopkins, Metcalf, Anderson, and Diggs. Maybe Ridley on the outside looking in, although he did have an injury hiccup last week. Yeah, look, for me, I think the sneaky one here is Diggs. Now, he's got a huge opportunity this week against Seattle to pad those stats. And the one thing about Diggs, he's been incredibly consistent this year, which has not been what people who had Stephon Diggs in the past, including you, I know, last year, your biggest complaint, I remember, was always, oh, he's up, he's down, he's up, he's down. Forgot about that. (laughs) So, what the (laughs) interest, well, I'm sorry to bring up the past, but, you know. I forgot. But I'm bringing it up to make a point, which is how different it's been this year. You look at that game log for Stephon Diggs, he has been every single game very steady for the most part and that i think makes him an outside shot here because although deandre hopkins is the leader right now he deserves to be he's had the most targets the most hundred yard games there really isn't anybody else christian kirk had some moments there but the run game has been suspect kenyon drake's been hurt too he's underperformed metcalf hopkins Diggs. it's a three-person race in my opinion and i think the way you make money is you go with the quiet guy in Diggs, which would really be shocking But what a story and what a turnaround year over year from a guy that you couldn't trust week to week to a guy that you couldn't live without week to week in 2020. That is a huge story. And this particular week, you might even want to wait and see because if he has like 160 yards, that puts him in a big spot there potentially. And this game specifically against Seattle is a smash opportunity. Yeah, he would have to have a big week for me to consider it. Buffalo in November and December is not a place I want to be in terms of wide receiver. But Metcalf is someone, even at 5-1, to one, that I'd be very interested in. They would have to make that firm commitment to get him the ball eight times for 100 yards. They did it every week except for two weeks ago. That's the only thing that concerns me is that if they, they put two guys on Metcalf, it just opens it up for Lockett again. Yeah. Uh, but needless to say, that's Metcalf... That, that's the only thing that could stop him is if they double-team him. Beyond that, he's playing like the best receiver in football for sure. All right, so the passing title is the one that's wide open here. We have no favorite, essentially. It, it can be anybody, and all of these quarterbacks have been on the field for sure, so you can honestly make a case for any of the first four winning this easily. It's so close, so tight. Russell Wilson at plus 260. 
Matt Ryan at plus 340. We know this guy's going to be throwing the rest of the season. You know Mahomes is going to be throwing the rest of the season. The only concern for him would be week 17, right? Like, that's got to be a concern. Mm -hmm. If they have things locked up, you don't see him. He's going to lose the passing title for sure. Deshaun Watson, I suppose. We know they can't run. And, and again, would they shut him down at any point? I don't think so. I think he'll play out the year. And then Burrow is kind of the long shot here. At 11 to 1, honestly, a lot would have to continue to go right for Burrow. He needs some like 400 yard passing games to jump ahead of Ryan and Russell Wilson. So I, I do think it's a four man race here, but it's worth noting Burrow there and putting him in there as well. Uh, Wilson is the favorite, but Joe, this could change very quickly, very significantly. Mm-hmm. I would take Mahomes out only because of what I mentioned. I don't think Chiefs are going to lose very often the rest of the way. I see them either getting the bye or, or not really playing much in week 17. Uh, same could be said for Wilson, honestly. Mm-hmm. So maybe throw a dart at Ryan or Watson. Yeah, I think you can make an argument for uh, the other two. I think you're right. But um, look, I-, I think when you're looking at that, what a story Joe Burrow would be a rookie leading the league in passing. Has that ever happened? I mean, what an incredible story that would be. I think right now I would still go with Russell Wilson because that defense is so bad. He has to continue to be aggressive, plus all of the injuries to the running game. To me, Russell Wilson probably, even though it's the chalk, is the right move. All right, coming up, we've got our update with Chris Kofsky. He's going to tell us everything going on in the world of sports, fantasy sports, wagering, everything else. Uh, Then we're going to tell you a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys quarterback open competition. That's next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. If we would have told you two months ago the Jacksonville Jaguars would have been in a better position with a backup quarterback, you probably would have said we're crazy here on Fantasy Sports Today. But that is indeed the case. Jake Luton's going to get to start for the Jaguars, a kid who played very well in college and is actually pretty well thought of going into the 2020 NFL Draft. But Joe... Uh, the Cowboys are not in that position. <laughs> they basically uh, lost Dak Prescott. They lost Andy Dalton. And you could say going into the year that Jerry Jones did a pretty good job of addressing that position by getting Dalton just in case something happened to Prescott. It did. Dalton didn't look particularly good, and now he's on the COVID-19 list. So you can't expect an NFL team to have a viable third-string quarterback, but it does look like the Cowboys are down to at least their fourth and fifth going into the week this week. Yeah, and it's funny because when we're going into the year, everybody thought the signing of Andy Dalton was really sound. Like, what a smart idea. Like, the Cowboys said, hey, let's have an insurance policy in case there's a holdout with Dak. That didn't happen. Hey, let's have an insurance policy with a veteran quarterback who's been there and done that, been to a bunch of playoff games, never won any, but still been there. Sure, this is a really good job here by the Dallas Cowboys, and it has not worked out. It's been terrible, unfortunately, not just the play on the field, but also the luck as well. And they got to have a bad combination of a lot of things. It feels like if anybody needs a rabbit's foot or a four-leaf clover or something, it's Jerry Jones right now. It feels like everything they touch basically disintegrates. It's kind of scary stuff. So I think when you're looking at this right now, the Cowboys, I think, prepared properly And that's what you try to do to avoid bad situations. And here they are. They find themselves in a bad situation anyway, regardless. And it's just crazy. I mean, I guess this is what 2020 has just kind of been about. This is the theme. But for the Cowboys, unfortunately, and for us fantasy people, 
it's really just been death for so many of our fantasy stars. Amari Cooper still getting targets, but obviously he's not the same guy he was. Ezekiel Elliott continues to fall down. There was a lot of thought, if you remember, there was a lot of narrative going on, right? That, oh, well, Danny Dalton, Ezekiel Elliott will be better. Why? Because you're moving the chains more? Like, because your offense is more prolific? I couldn't understand that thought process at all, and that hasn't been the case. And then, of course, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Schultz, everybody's gone by the wayside. Basically, a whole slew of really useful fantasy guys got snapped all at once. Well, there are two left, and one of them is (laughs) going to end up getting the rose on The Bachelor or Uh, get sacked. Either way. The Bachelorette, I guess, is the show for this week. All right, so let's take a look at it. Here it is. It's ugly. It's Garrett Gilbert. It's Cooper Rush. Wow. No, no touchdowns for either, and a combined total of 42 NFL yards passing. And, and look, I, I know that Danucci had his work cut out for him, but these two guys essentially were not even with the team. Uh, Cooper Rush, as a matter of fact, uh, Joe, who I saw play in college, uh, was let go by the Cowboys a few weeks ago. The Giants picked him up. They ended up letting him go, and now he's back. There's a chance that he wins the job in the next 48 hours. Garrett Gilbert was a player a few years ago that was thought more highly of than Rush. Gilbert Joe played in the AAF for the Orlando Apollos. Mm-hmm. He was like the best player in the league, and he looked yeah. great, I guess. But then they That's shut that down. Do. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Is I he didn't want Tommy in the AAF, so I couldn't tell you. I know you yeah, didn't. I. I, I <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't engage in that whatsoever. So, um, look, I, I suppose Gilbert is probably going to get the chance to play. It sounds like it, even though they picked him up. I think on the thirtieth of October is so. This is five days ago, but I, I could see a situation where they're using both guys Sunday. Like one guy's in, one guy's out. Bring them in. I mean, what do they have to lose? They should just give it a shot. Just more games, I guess. And uh, I was as soon as I saw the AAF stuff going into today's show and I was reading up on him a little bit, I thought, hey, Tommy Maddox 2.0. I mean, Tommy Maddox came in, if everybody remembers, and had a pretty good run that one year for the Steelers. Everybody forgets about that. And it will be great. Hey, at one point, who was Kurt Warner, right? He was just some guy in the Arena Football League until what happened, until Trent Green got hurt. Next thing you know, they become the most prolific offense. Anything can happen in the NFL. However, I think it's a very unlikely scenario that either of these quarterbacks can help this offense get to where anything they were. And and what makes it more difficult, too, is, unfortunately, the defense. The defense is so bad, and it seems like they've just quit. And that makes it even doubly hard in the offense there. There's so much pressure there, I think, on both of these guys and on this team collectively now. And I feel like losing, unfortunately, is contagious. Now, I don't know about you. But I would absolutely love to see a great story. I love a good story. You like a good story, too. I know you do. If Rush or Gilbert, one of these guys, has a great game, that will be all we talk about. You know that. On Monday, we'll be here. We'll be talking, oh, man, what a crazy thing. 2020, how fun. I just don't see that happening, unfortunately. And I think it also means that if you you can't ever take Ezekiel Elliott out of a lineup. I think that's tough. But I guess that's the big question. Are we getting to a point now? And if you have a couple of healthy options, and I know that is certainly a giant caveat this year, but would you take Ezekiel Elliott? Would you take those prime, like him and Amari Cooper, who are kind of the last man standing in this offense? Would you be looking elsewhere this week and replacing them because of where we're at with these third string quarterbacks? Kurt Warner was a second string. You know, we're down to the third. We're down to the guys off off the, you know, what do you do for a living? Can you throw the football? All right, come on, let's go get you a tryout. That's where we are right now. Right. 
Yeah, I, I think this is the deal. So we're not really looking at it the proper way. I read a little bit more about this last night. What we have to understand is that Danucci was a project, and Danucci had no preseason, no NFL right. time whatsoever, never played in a preseason game, and was essentially a, a guy that they would work on for three or four years and then see what they have. Both of these two other quarterbacks, Joe, are going to be better than Danucci. Both of them will. Gilbert played in at least a league of some kind and played against competition of some kind higher than what James Madison is. And Cooper Rush played in the preseason two years ago for the Cowboys. So both those guys are going to be better than Danucci. Now, the fantasy numbers are going to be better. The reality numbers could very well look like this. 250 yards passing, one touchdown, four interceptions. But that's better than what Danucci was in fantasy. Remember, Danucci comes in, all he's doing is handing the ball off, essentially, and throwing sideways. Right. Like he, you know, he's just like, get me out of here. Uh, the you're gonna see better numbers from these two okay. guys this week. I can I can that's almost good. guarantee that's it, helpful. just because they have some pedigree of playing. They didn't never expected Danucci to have to be thrown into this thing. They thought, I mean, at the, Dak has never been hurt, so at the very least, it's nope. like okay, worst case scenario, we go to Dalton. But right. you can't prepare for that. You can't prepare, and he no, and again, no you can't team. bring in no NFL team could. COVID. And this could happen yeah, to any and, NFL any NFL team that's that right. loses that's their exactly one right. and their next. This is what all of them would look like. So don't anyone out there pretend like this couldn't happen to any team because it can. It just so happened to happen to them in a scenario too where Dak Prescott they've been waiting and waiting to make him the guy and to and to give him the money and to pay him and all this stuff. And now you got this other scenario where it's just become even muddier. And this is what happens in the NFL when you don't have quarterback play. All of a sudden you become a non-entity team. And and, and I think you make a great point there, and it should give people a little bit of of at least uh, more confidence. Be but a can I follow more up if I may? Can I follow up yeah. there? So that makes me feel more confident with Cooper, makes me for, feel more confident uh, with Ezekiel Elliott. But what about CeeDee Lamb, who was on that bubble anyway? Does the talent win out in your opinion? If it was Danucci this week, I, I would have to sit them all. But I, I do think that you're going to see better play this week. And, okay. and I think that you're going to see 30 pass attempts for one of these quarterbacks. And you're going to see 200 yards. I do. I want to see I Gilbert. Think That's who I want to see. I want to see that dude. Because I don't know. I just, it, 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 I it could be, but story. his niche will be very short. Yeah, no, it'll be very short. Because Rush is, Rush is someone they think of now probably as the third stringer. Gilbert, look, they just brought this guy in a week ago, man. Like, I know. I mean, he's got I just want to see him like, just because it's fun. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's look at the Dolphins running back situation. That's the other key competition this week. Let's also keep in mind Matt Breida didn't practice today. And as of this show, we don't know why. Uh, It could be a matter of just making sure that he is on the field for Sunday because they're down to no one at running back. Remember, Jordan Howard has not played in three weeks. And he did have three touchdowns, 14 rushing yards, but it was on like 14 attempts, uh, one reception. Breida is the pass catcher. I don't know why they signed Brita. I don't know. I don't understand this They traded this one. for him. It's not even a sign. They gave up a pick for him. Right, they him. traded for him. Right, they traded for That's him. That's even and more stunning to me. Like, I understand the signing, but you gave yeah, up I don't a get pick this for one. him. What? Yeah, it's one thing if it's just money, yeah, Howard, Craig, but it's Howard money and a made pick. Sense. Howard made yes. sense. Even though Howard didn't make sense, it made sense because you're like, <laughs> all right, you know, he's going to rush for 600 yards. He's going to score 10 touchdowns. He's going to be their goal line guy. They right. essentially are paying $10 million to two guys that didn't play this year. I don't know why they did it. Uh, look, Gaskin ended up looking better than I thought that he ever would. But I still think Brita is the best of all of these guys. Maybe now he gets his opportunity. To me, it's not even a competition. I would give Matt Breida 15, 15 carries and six targets and and give him as much as he can handle. He was good with the 49ers. I have no idea why he didn't play at all this year. No clue. Well, I, th- I think what we're learning is 
anyone's good with the 49ers and that is the danger right now we got maybe. looped into the thing maybe. of maybe this guy's just good in the system because after we've seen mckinnon have good weeks hasty look decent you see jeffrey wilson you've seen Mostert, you've you've even seen tevin coleman at a time or two look good in that offense so i think that could possibly be what happened is maybe they feel like they got fooled and they were looking at the guy in the offense instead of the guy as he is but in my opinion i agree with you I would absolutely be getting this guy 20 touches somehow because I think you need that for Tua, number one, if he's going to progress at all. You have to give him some sort of a running game. You have to keep some kind of defense honest. And i got to tell you, Tua's got a, a, a tough shot here because Buda Baker has been playing out of his mind in the secondary for the Arizona Cardinals. And I know they lost Chandler Jones, but that defense actually has looked better of late. They still have some holes. They still have some issues, but they have some players too. So don't forget about this the this defense. And I think they're kind of a sneaky play this week on FanDuel too as a one-off. I, I, look, if you are the Dolphins, you have to support him. You have to try with Breida. You have to see what you got here in the next couple of weeks. Because again, like the Dolphins and so many teams, yes, they're competitive now, but it's really about evaluating that roster for the next year and the next year. And if Breida is not going to be useful to you, then you have to have a plan for that in the offseason and move on. Because you don't know if Miles Gaskin is a guy that you can count on is a lead running back in the NFL, and we still won't know that answer after this season. So this is a huge window of time here for Breida long-term and short-term and for the Dolphins. Yeah, and when they brought Breida in, one of the things they mentioned, too, is pass blocking potentially right. for Fitzpatrick and Tua. They just haven't used him at all. He was very good with San Francisco in that also. So I'd like to see him play, but again, if he's not, if he's not on the field tomorrow, then i got to start being concerned, even with him. <laughs> going into the week. All right, Waiver Wire Wednesday is coming up next. I know a lot of you are going to have to make the moves to try and get back involved in your league. This is your shot. We'll give it to you next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back as we look forward to another week in the NFL. On Wednesday, it's time to make that key decision as far as who you're picking up in fantasy football. If you still have any money left. Me? Well... I got a few bucks left in the pocket here. Not enough to get anybody good on the waiver wire, that's for sure. So it's throwing darts here. All right. Uh, I guess without further ado, let's just jump right into it. <laughs> see if we can find anyone worth picking up in fantasy. And we'll start off at running back. And, and Damian Harris is is probably owned in most leagues that if you're watching this show, then you know, you, you're probably playing a more competitive league than somebody else. My guess is Harris is owned. And so... Uh, he's obviously an immediate pickup for anybody in, in fantasy. you got to own him, at the least. Uh, everybody else, I think, is in play. Jamichael Hasty for San Francisco. Clearly, their game Thursday is in jeopardy, so putting any big money toward him would be a mistake. Keep that in mind. Gus Edwards of Baltimore seems to be getting more volume, and if, if Ingram is not there, that could be goal line carries for him. Naheem Hines is back on the scene with the Colts, 29% owned. DJ Dallas clearly has to be owned in every fantasy league at this point after his week last week. I could say the same thing about Wayne Gallman. It seems like he's taken over the role. Brian Hill, uh, 11% climbing a little bit now, 0, 2, 3, 5. I think people are, are starting to understand Gurley's role here. Uh, mm. Wilkins, 2% owned. And then Tremaine Pope, I think, is going to be probably 5 10%, I would say, going into next week. But he's somebody that we have to pay attention to. Jackson, uh, Joe, sort of salvaged the game with a 40-yard run at the end of the game against yeah. Denver last week. And 
And I think if I had to put the order for the Chargers at this point, it's Jackson. But mm-hmm. Jackson getting six, eight carries and eight yards is going to lead right back to, I think, Pope and not Kelly moving forward. So Pope, for me, for a buck, may give you the most upside. But I do think that DJ Dallas has to be owned in all leagues. I think Gallman has to be owned in all leagues. And then I know that you've been talking about Gus Edwards for a number of weeks. And now, finally, I think we've reached the point where I don't know if he's startable quite yet, but we got to monitor him very closely because if Ingram right. is not going to come back or is going to be out for any period of time, I think he's going to get some goal line carries. Yeah, and I think there's still time to get him pretty cheap, to be honest with you. Like, I still think people haven't caught on to it, and that's why I always like to try to be proactive in adding guys where there's opportunity for a buck instead of having to pay 15 bucks for him at some point. Um I'm with you too. The whole situation there with the Chargers with Kelly and Jackson and Pope is kind of messy. Uh, it's not the best one. DJ Dallas didn't look great in terms of running the ball, but he did have scores. And you know that the offense is good. So if he's going to get those kind of opportunities again, that's worth noticing as well. Wayne Gallman is an interesting one too. And I'll tell you why he has looked good running the football. I know I kind of said it as a one-off a couple weeks ago on Friday after that Thursday night game between the Eagles and the Giants. And I thought, uh, oh, you know, this, this looks, you know, like a guy who looked like he was really trying to be out there and take over the role. And then I gave him no chance against Tampa this past week. And he had some moments against Tampa, really tough run defense. And I was impressed. So I think at this point, you have to kind of look at him as a guy to be adding at some point in time. And uh, I know, you know, you can't always look at the Giants office and be really happy about it. But I do think he's an ad this week against Washington. And you take it for whatever you can. Brian Hill is the most intriguing one to me. And here's why. Because not only does he have a higher yards per carry than uh, obviously Todd Gurley, but he's also clearly the guy when you watch them. He's the guy that's got burst. He's the guy that's hitting the hole quickly. And although he might and probably will continue to lose goal line carries and not have touchdowns, I think in PPR he becomes a fascinating ad because if Todd Gurley gets an injury, if all of a sudden Atlanta continues to open things up and get him more snaps, which is what they've seemed to be doing lately since the change at head coach, then I could see Brian Hill being a guy that you can at least start as a flex RB, kind of like in a James Whitish kind of role. And I think that becomes a really useful player as we get through the buys and even into late in the season here into the playoffs. So uh, Brian Hill and Wayne Gallman are the guys that I would circle. DJ Dallas, of course, has upside, but the problem is it's tied so much into who's healthy. And is this guy healthy in uh, in Seattle? Is that guy healthy? Who can we play? Who can we trust? And it becomes a difficult situation. Same thing with Pope. And I think that's where everything gets a little wacky. Yeah. And, and, and look, uh, Gurley to me, I, I mean, it's shocking that he's leading the NFL in touchdowns just because if you watch the guy play it, it this is, I mean, it's like a glorified Bam Morris situation. Remember Bam Morris? Which is on the one? I do. Like, that, <laughs> that's, like that's, that's all Gurley is good for. He really is good for nothing else. He doesn't do. And, and when he gets the ball on, on the 30 of, of uh, in his own territory or the 30 in the other, he gets the ball and he runs right to the sidelines and picks up three yards. It is just like, mm stunning to me to see him have the numbers this year but look he's he he's healthy and putting up these mediocre rushing numbers and scoring a ton of touchdowns but we've seen this in the past and this probably goes back before a lot of people were playing fantasy but the chiefs never had marcus allen as their primary running back but he would come in at the goal line every for what reason i don't know but he would come in and he would score every time maybe that's what the falcons should do is let hill get 20 carries bring in Gurley for the goal line carries because he scores every time he scores a touchdown every time he gets the ball All right, uh, on the waiver wire wide receiver, let's take a look here. Now, the first two names here are only going to be available if somebody cut them because at this point they should not be unowned in fantasy leagues. But somebody could have cut Corey Davis a few weeks ago. If for some reason that happened, grab him. Same thing with Marvin Jones. They both have to be owned at this point. Beyond that, I think any of these other players could be out there. Alan Lazard, 
set to come back again for the Packers. It's been up, it's been down, it's been hurt for him. Tough year for sure. Uh, Jalen Rager at this point, if somebody cut him in your fantasy league, they don't know what they're doing because he's a nice young player, but only 25% owned in fantasy. Uh, Kendrick Bourne of the 49ers, uh, you could just scratch him off this list. Unfortunately, he's uh, he's going to be out for a period of time, it looks like, with COVID, so just scratch him off. Uh, Jacoby Myers, 1%. Marvin Hall, interesting at 1%, because if Galladay goes on IR, then Joe Hall becomes a guy. If Galladay is only going to miss one week, then I have no interest in Hall. And so for here, it is very thin this week at wide receiver, uh, particularly for me. I don't think I'd throw a buck at anybody here because I believe Corey Davis and, and Jones are owned in, in virtually all leagues. And if they're not, you don't need us to tell you to pick those guys up. Yeah, well, those guys are at the 50. So, look, when you're at the 50%, this is more about, like, if you play in a shallow league in a 10-team league, and some people do. Some people are really serious. They have 10-team leagues, you know, and they're very competitive and they love it. They just don't, you know, expand out. They have, like, the 10 core group that they play with. So those are the names in those kind of spots. Uh, Alan Lazard, before he got hurt, he had three games where he had a couple touchdowns and 254 yards total in three games. That's something to keep in mind. Now, the problem is the injury he's got is really troublesome. You know, this whole having a surgery for the core muscle issue, that's something that is really difficult. Now, I don't know what it means for the wide receiver, but I've seen it in a couple of baseball players the last couple of years, and it's not been good. But then again, football is a very different game. So he is one of these draft and stash kind of guys. Jalen Rager should absolutely be owned. I'm sorry. Like, that's a guy that you got to go out there and get just to see because there's there's absolutely opportunity for him to grow in this offense in the second half, and I know the first half has been frustrating, and that's why he's probably on the waiver wire. A lot of people drafted him. I would say he's probably drafted in 90% of leagues, and he was probably dropped, obviously, in, oh, I don't know, 75% of them, because look right. at the total here in the roster. So this is an opportunity, and I think you take this opportunity. I will respectfully disagree with you on Kendrick Bourne, and here's why. Because he tested positive this week, he probably got checked off a lot of people, which means you could probably sneak him in for a buck. And you know what? It's a war of attrition this season. Have we learned nothing in 2020? Kittle's going to be out for a long time. Somebody's going to have to catch the football besides Ayuk. Debo's out too. If he does pass the protocols quicker than expected, he could be back in two weeks and be useful, and you added him for a buck. And Kittle's going to be out for a long time. I don't know when we're going to get Debo back. It's a little bit of a risky ad. It's more of a deeper league ad, but I will say this. Considering what you saw out of him last week against Seattle, there's at least opportunity here for Kendrick Bourne in this offense. Jacoby Myers, I don't again, this is a deep league. We're talking 14 teams at him. Same thing with Hall. Somebody else has to catch yeah. football here. I'm just throwing a dart. Maybe this new segment should be waiver wire darts, where we just set up a board, that's and maybe that's the it. stinger. We have a stinger. We just throw darts at players, and there you go, and there's the name pops up. But, hey, it's yeah. tough. Look, that's look, why you've got to be hitting these names. And ESPN reports the positive COVID test, by the way, for Bourne. By the way, if Bourne is positive for COVID, he's out two weeks. That's why I just well, have no said, interest in a player. No, and I understand. I, I absolutely yeah, understand. Yeah, I mean, three weeks from now. I mean, look, if you can afford it, yeah. I mean, right. but honestly, who can afford to not play a guy for three weeks on your roster at this point? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, look, maybe there is a the ers Have the 49ers had their buy? They have, right? Um, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have Sorry. to go back and look. I can't remember offhand either. I thought you might. So maybe one of us, we would, we'll check on it after the break. But if, if they haven't had their buy, this could be one of those things where they have the buy, move the schedule around. All of a sudden, maybe you do get that extra game for him. Oh yeah, that's possible too. Yeah. Look, you know? we, we'll know a lot more tomorrow on the 49ers yeah. and sure. Packers. It would seem, it would seem to me unlikely they play this game, but if they do, I would agree. Then, you know, 
in there. All right, let, let's take a look at the tight ends and quarterbacks that are available on the waiver wire for this week. Let's uh, let's take a look at it. Uh, Ebron's seeing a lot more targets from Ben Roethlisberger. It looks like he's hurt and basically floating on the field, but he catches the ball and somehow like makes it to the ground, makes it to the sideline. I feel like he's going to get hurt every play. Logan Thomas is probably my target for as a Kittle owner this week. I think that's the guy I'm circling because of the uncertain situation with San Francisco. And and we see Reed here, but clearly, again, another one to scratch off if they're out this week at quarterback. Right. Carr has moved up to 42% own, and Locke has a really good matchup this week in particular. Maybe he builds off last week's matchup. And then I want to throw Jake Luton's name out there for Jacksonville, only because he's a rookie and we just simply don't know. It may be worth just to put him on the bench. Maybe he becomes Brady. Maybe he becomes Danucci. We don't know. But, 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 it, but it's worth a dollar just to, or no dollar just to put him there, just to see what happens. And if he's nothing, goodbye. And that's the end of it. I don't think he's Brady. I think he's closer. Somewhere probably. between Danucci and the greatest quarterback of all time. That's somewhere, somewhere, between. In between. somewhere, yeah, somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. Step above Peterman, but not quite Brady. You know? That's fair. I would throw throw one at Thomas here. I think that's my guy this yeah. week. It looks. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get him, but I think I think that's well, the guy Thomas that I'm especially going to in the. Well, here's the thing: Thomas in the matchup, obviously against the uh, the Giants this week. The Giants tend to struggle with tight ends. I mean, just go back and look at Gronk this past week too, and, and everything that they've done in you know the last couple of years, they've struggled with tight ends. To be honest, um, Ebron. I, Look, it's the matchup. It's the Cowboys. I'm just trying to play against the defense here. That's what I'm – and if you have him, he's a start. And it'll probably be on start sits on Friday when we talk about him. I think this is where you just put all your Steelers in. You go all in on this game like you have with everybody. Every time you have the Cowboys, if we haven't learned yet, you just go all in. Whatever pieces you have, you just try. And it's hopefully one of them hits and it's the lottery ticket. Maybe more than one of them hits. We've learned that too. Uh, Jordan Reed, like you said, right now, that's a big question here. Or you can go with your guy, Smelly, as you like to call him there. <laughs> and then Drew Locke has an interesting matchup this week, too. If you're kind of in a bad spot with quarterbacks on buys and there's nobody on the waiver wire or your backup was Minshew and you don't feel good about starting a rookie, Drew Locke has a matchup where I think you could try. I mean, you can't feel great about it, but you could certainly say, okay, let's see if he, like you said, can build on the fourth quarter of last week. Let's see if things are starting to open up. Probably not. But it's worth a dart throw. And Derek Carr is another guy I think rest of the season is worth owning because it can't worry about what happened last. Last week is not a good indication of anything. You cannot no. take anything out of that game in Cleveland. But up until then, he had been playing much better and, more importantly, taking more shots down the field, which is something you haven't seen Derek Carr do in quite some time. You have to go back to the early days of Amari Cooper with Michael Crabtree to see the last time he was throwing the ball that far, that consistently. So that is something that you can at least build on potentially. And who knows? Maybe like Rager, maybe Henry Ruggs has a good second half too, but somebody else has got to step up here besides Waller. And it can't just be Renfro. It's got to be a little bit more dynamic throwing the ball downfield. So we'll see what happens with that. All right, time for us to take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports Today. We got plenty more to come here on the show, and Dr. David Chow is going to be with us, and he's going to give us the latest in terms of injuries in the NFL. Also, Benny Ricciardi is going to join Joe, and they're going to have an extended fantasy football conversation, so make sure that you're with us. Our fantasy trivia is focused around the quarterback position in the NFL. And essentially, there have been several quarterbacks that have had good years, but who having the most 300-yard games in the NFL? I don't want to give you guys the options. I want you to start thinking about that before we come back from the break. Because our fantasy trivia question is, 
which quarterback has the most 300-yard games in 2020. Full transparency, I have yet to look up the answer for any of the trivia that we've done here on the show. So I am going to think about this during the break. I'm going to keep my hands right here on my ears. I'm not going to touch my computer. I'm going to close my eyes and guess who did it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. A minor injury is what they're calling it to Matt Breida of the Miami Dolphins. In fantasy, what that means is... 2020. So uh, Patrick Laird is a name maybe to pay attention to this week. At the very least, he's gotten some goal line carries in the past. Mm -hmm. If for some reason it's just Jordan Howard, but we'll have to come back on the show tomorrow and give you an update on that one. Let's turn it over to Joe. We got some fantasy trivia to close us out for hour one. Maybe Kalen Balaj can show up. Who knows? Maybe get him back. All right. So here you go. So who is got the most, or who has, I should say, the most 300-yard passing games so far halfway through the season? Now, the names are all names that are very worthy. Joe Burrow is A, B, Russell Wilson, C, Deshaun Watson, or D, Patrick Mahomes. Now, I will tell you, one of them has five, and the rest have four. So they are all neck Mm. and neck. So this is a tough one, but I figured I would throw this out there for you. So if you play in those leagues with bonuses... These guys have been great for you. There's 300 game bonuses. You get all these wacky leagues with these wacky scoring. So who do you think is the guy here that's got the five? Well, Watson is not it because he was off last week. So it's one of the other three. Uh, I'm going to say Mahomes. That is a good guess. I would have said Mahomes too, but I would have been wrong just like you. It's me, Joe Burrow, Joey B, the Joe Club. Unbelievable. Yay. Hey, Joe Burrow maybe does have a shot to lead the league in passing. After all, he might be the dark horse candidate. Kind of brings the whole hour full circle here on Fantasy Sports today. But that's kind of impressive. I understand he's had some rough outings too. Five, five 300-yard games for Joey B to start his NFL career. That's pretty good where I come from. (laughs) Yeah, he's having a great year. On top of that, the reason why his numbers are so stacked is he had that one horrible game against Baltimore. I think he threw for 90 yards. But every other game he's had has been, I think, over 300 or close to it. So that that does make some sense for sure. Yeah, he's been excellent. And look, he's had some wide receiver plays, been very good. Boyd's played well. Uh, T. Higgins has played very well, too. But even when Joe Mixon went down, he's still going out there. Gio Bernard, they're getting it done now. It certainly helps, too, to have the Cincinnati defense because they obviously make you want to pass the ball a little bit more. But Joe Burrow, really good start to his career for all the doubters out there. Yep, for sure. All right, that closes out our first hour. We have plenty more to come. By the way, college football is back in a big way tonight. Our producer, Brett Levy, is all excited about it. We got the Mac. They're back. I'll tell you about it next. Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.